welcome to Connection Granted. This is Kelly. And Aaron. And Aaron. And this is our new format. It's just the two of us. Instead just of... the two of us. Mm-hmm, I love it. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Connectors and I. But we procrastinate recording podcasts <laughs> and we have equipment failures we have had equipment failures but we're back and here we are on saint patrick's day we'd normally be too drunk to give you this episode by normally we mean all of our adult lives until the end of 2021 yeah but this is our second our second sober saint patty's day right which really really takes all of the being sober makes you realize what a stupid holiday it is, mm. right? Yeah. It's consumerism. Consumerism. Excessive alcohol consumption. Mm-hmm. Every bar. Every, I'm sorry, not every bar. Every, everything becomes an Irish bar. Every place becomes an <clears throat> Irish bar. And the Irish bars were normally too crowded for us to want to hang out in because we we didn't like crowds. No. We, crowds stop being appealing once we pass the age of 30 yeah so we were somewhere once do you remember this um we were with jen and barb and we were downtown and these guys stumbled into this it was like a restaurant bar place we were hanging out in having lunch and these guys came in and said you guys you gotta come to this place tonight it's 25 bucks all you can drink <laughs> And we all just kind of collectively laughed. And I remember you saying, dude, I have too much money and I'm too much of a drinker to pay $25 for all I can drink. I need the good shit. Yeah. Like, it was just like we were looking at them at the time like, oh, how cute. $25 all you can drink. And now we're like, $25 all you can drink. My God, that's so sad. And we want to save them. Yeah, it was sad, but not sad in the way that it's sad now, right? Right. It's sad in a different way. And that um, I think most people are, don't believe that alcohol is as damaging as it really is. And even when we quit drinking alcohol, we didn't realize how bad it was. Well, for sure. For us or how bad our problems were. But you don't have to. I, I think that that's sort of, you know, pressure that we put on ourselves is you don't have to know all of these things or have a problem to stop drinking. You just have to realize that or you just have to have the hope that your life will be better without it. Yeah. And I think like, I think coming around to terms now is we're both kind of blown away with the people that have reached out to us about sober curious it kind of feels like back in the day when when um as a gay woman like growing up like the straight women would be like so i want to tell you something i've always thought about being with another woman yes. and you're like uh-huh uh-huh sing it somewhere else, what do sister. i do with this does this mean i'm gay <laughs> yeah and of course they're just trying to like you know hook up with you and break your fucking hard and smash into a million pieces mostly that's what straight women want to do is (laughs) seek out us poor unsuspecting lesbians and torture us and break our hearts this was back in the day i don't know how it is now because we're despite like despite the horrible political climate we are such in such an evolution um sexually speaking and 
and breaking out of gender roles and non-gender heteronormative nonsense. So, so not to speak to how it is now, but this is, this is kind of reminiscent when people write to you and I, um, different people reach out to me that reach out to you, which I think is so awesome too. It's like you have your pod that reaches out to you and says, Hey, so I, I listened to the podcast or I was looking at your Instagram and I want to talk to you about being sober. And <clears throat> yeah, sober, sober curious is a, a good way to put it. Sober terrified is another way, right? It, I think when you're an active drinker, you toy with the idea of do I need to quit drinking? Is my problem so bad that I need to quit drinking? And that's sort of the bar that everybody walks, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> the, the, the way the, the measuring stick that we all try to use is, is my problem bad enough that it should cause me to never drink again? And that way of thinking is, is problematic. So I don't want to get off on a tangent about that just yet, but um, to your question about people reaching out to me, I, I've been able to connect with some longtime friends. Mm -hmm. And as I've said before, if you are one of my longtime friends, chances are it's because we drank well together and we really enjoyed drinking. Um, so it's been great to, to share my story and what I've learned with the world in ways. I've made some small steps to share some of my wisdom mm. and my messages of hope on my Instagram account, alcohol apostate. Alcohol underscore apostate. Right. It's awesome. To get others to see alcohol for, for what it is and um, for the problems that it causes and not just the health problems, but the mental problems, um, economic problems, all of it. Yeah, it's huge. And <clears throat> something I want to something I want to touch on is um, the scariest part, and this has been a theme that we've talked about since we've started connect connect and connection granted, is it is, I think. I think the biggest roadblock in getting sober or whatever, you know, we didn't, we didn't use the word sober for a long time. It was a terrifying word, I feel like for us. Like, so we just said, we're changing our relationship with alcohol or taking um, a break or yeah, that was big for you. You would say I'm taking, taking a, a break, break which yeah. terrified me because I thought, okay, um, what does that mean? Does that mean she's like pacifying me? pacifying this gap of I bet yeah. um so it was it was terrifying the verbiage around it but um baby steps and so proud for where we are now but it was my way of retaining control mm -hmm. right it was my way and and I'm sure that's part of what was terrifying to you was to say well she's not saying she's giving it up forever she's saying she's taking a break so at any moment I could find her in the backyard with a bourbon in her hand or right. she could go on a business trip and there she is out with clients with a bourbon in her hand mm -hmm. and I, n I never had that intention but 
this sort of just points to the stories that we tell ourselves to get through any changes and especially big changes like saying you're not going to drink alcohol anymore saying you're not going to do anything anymore and making that commitment to yourself making that commitment to your family is is terrifying and so you you frame it in different ways and alcoholics say one day at a time but the problem with that is that that requires that you acknowledge that you're an alcoholic right right and that is the worst right for any active drinker to get to that point where you say i am an alcoholic is so terrifying and nobody wants to grab hold of that moniker and own that and say that that is who they are and I personally would like, would love for society to change and stop categorizing the people that, you know, certain people as those people have a problem and those people are alcoholics and they shall remain anonymous while the rest of the world carries on totally fine with this amazing substance called alcohol. Mm-hmm. That they're able to manage. Yeah. you should be going to your meetings in a dark place in shame in a on a uncomfortable folding chair with stale donuts and talk about your shame yeah talk about your shame. talk about your bad behavior yes and you you know in a church basement and leave everybody else alone because you have a problem everybody else in the world is functioning just fine with alcohol Mm -hmm. despite causing millions of deaths a year millions in financial problems drunk driving cancer yeah number one carcinogenic right car the class one carcinogen which is carcinogen is a cancer causing agent that's right so alcohol causes cancer but you won't see that on a bottle you won't see that as a warning label because alcohol has fucking badass lobbyists Yes, they spend millions, if not billions, lobbying the government. Um, You have, you'll see the warning labels on a bottle of wine that says pregnant women should not consume wine. And to that, people say, well, women in Europe, pregnant women in Europe have wine. It's just the U.S. that is uptight about these things. Well, the U.S. is obsessed with fetuses. Well, right. I mean, number I mean, one. There's nothing more critical than a fetus. Right. Because we um, could make them a Republican. <laughs> so we better save them. But why is there not a warning on the bottle of wine that says wine causes breast cancer? Because one of the seven types of cancer that alcohol directly causes is breast cancer. Mm. And for all of the awareness and all of the pink ribbons and pink everything and the Susan Komen Foundation, where is the education for the public? Where is the common knowledge that alcohol directly causes breast cancer? Yeah. I mean, how many breast cancer survivors do we know Mm -hmm. that continue to drink alcohol? All of them. All of them. Yeah. Double mastectomies. Which we're, you're 47, I'm 48. I am 46. Oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) I won't even edit that out. Like, that's a huge fuck up. Sorry. I mean, I obviously have a thing for younger women as you have for older women. And we, that's a whole nother episode. Yeah. um, 
But point being, you're 46, excuse me. Yes, thank you. I'm 48. Is that right? Or am I older yes, now? Yes, you are okay. 48. All right. I just, I'd like to think I also got my own age wrong, which has happened several times. It has. For a long time. Alcohol also causes dementia. <laughs> alcohol also causes dementia. Thank you. No Which joke. I'm clearly in the early stages of. Same. So, oh God, what were we talking about? Someday I won't even remember that I drank. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be like, what? I've always been sober. I'll be like, oh, honey. That's back when you were 47. Uh, no, but at 46 and 48, we sadly know six women who at least have had breast cancer already in our age group. Yeah. Uh, two that are slightly older than us. Yeah. And my God, no more than that. You're right. More than that. Yeah. That's and terrifying. We've all seen um, articles and information coming out of, you know, post COVID world about how it seems like everybody has breast cancer these days and mm. possibly we're just finding it sooner, early detection methods and better health care coverage. Um, but they'll blame it on the vaccine. They'll well, say it was part of the vaccine. Sure. But where is the, where are the people other than us talking about how, how uh, breast cancer is directly caused by alcohol? Yeah. It's just like cigarettes cause lung cancer, alcohol causes breast cancer, and throat cancer, mouth cancer, colon cancer, and others. But, but as women... We are hyper-focused on early detection and treatment and getting your mammogram, but we're not so focused on what you put into your body that's causing it, right? right? I want to take just this quick uh, moment to talk about your dad's cancer. Yes. Because something, so your dad had throat cancer, right? And mouth cancer? Yes. And something that was crazy that stands out about that so your dad was a smoker for a percentage of his life quit in his 30s right he quit when he turned 40 oh he quit when he turned 40 okay so his doctor said to him 100% of my patients who have this type of cancer are not smokers but 100% of the patients that I have that have this form of cancer all use Listerine. Yes. And the number one ingredient in Listerine is alcohol. Used to be. I think Listerine is... No, well, alco- you can get alcohol-free Listerine now. Right, but, right. But alcohol is still the main ingredient in Listerine. Right. In many, most mouthwashes, I think. Right. So, I mean, he is saying alcohol caused your cancer or was a contributor yeah. Not saying that cigarettes weren't, but his point was, look, all of my patients with this kind of cancer use Listerine. So so first and foremost, stop using Listerine. And he also said what you say you wish all doctors would say to their patients. He said, when did you have your last drink? And your dad said, last night, double martini. And, and he, he said, s- that was your last one. And he said, that was your last one. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, we all lie to our doctors about how much we exercise and how much we drink. And, um, but I don't recall ever, ever being told by a doctor, 
no matter what amount you drink, it causes cancer. It doesn't matter, right? If you if you read the studies by Hopkins and Cleveland Clinic and Harvard and all these um, well-admired institutions of learning and, and science, the evidence is clear. It is not a gray area, right? Uh, moderate drinking is defined as four ounces a day for women. Four ounces. That's half a cup. That is... Half a cup. That's a, that's a wine a tasting cup. to see if you want yeah. a glass. One a day. And if you if you only drank four ounces of wine a day, the bottle of wine would go bad before you finished it. I don't know anybody who drinks who limits it to four ounces a day. And... Everybody has this misconception that of based upon, you know, rumors or convenient theories that sound good, right? Things that reinforce your own beliefs are what people grab hold of. And one of those is that, well, actually, red wine is healthy for your heart because grapes have antioxidants. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you should just eat a grape. Yeah. And it's important to know, like, a lot of times people quote diets, too, of like, well, the Mediterranean diet tells you to have a glass of wine. But the Mediterranean diet is also telling you to eat, you know, six almonds a day and a quarter cup of olive oil. And it doesn't include like sitting at the bar having chicken wings, a hamburger and then wine. And you can justify the wine or whatever as like, but they tell you to drink wine. Like we we are cherry picking things like we do for everything in our life right to say this is what the truth is i this is what i heard we don't know it to be fact sounds we've just, good we've just heard it right? right and sadly like something that i've seen over the years even as my alcoholism progressed um there's nothing like a white wine drinker or you know wine drinkers they fool themselves the most um, yeah. Well, wine has its own type of culture and it's yeah. very closely tied to women. It's closely tied to people with money. Yep. It's sophisticated. It's classy. It pairs well with food yep. and it also can be heart healthy. It, white wine is low in sugar and red wine has antioxidants and on and on and on. Yep. The fact is that alcohol is alcohol, right? Yep. And these, the anecdotal evidence of people of certain cultures the french for instance having a lower incident of heart disease well it turns out the french doctors were not quite diagnosing diagnosing heart disease um and there's actually not ever been a clinical study done to prove these myths that wine is heart healthy but there are plenty of studies that show that wine causes seven different kinds of cancer right and i say wine Again, it's all alcohol, but for some reason, wine gets a pass, right? And wine seems to be innocent and the whole mommy and wine culture that's so prevalent that coexists right alongside this, um, check your boobies, ladies, right? Be careful. Get your mammogram. Put down the wine. Yeah. Right. And it's a harsh reality. And maybe doctors don't say this to their patients because they know that their patients don't want to hear it. 
the old me would have turned this well i never would have listened to this podcast in the first place <laughs> for sure um you know i was sober terrified not sober curious um and if you're like me and you happen to still be listening right it's possible it's doing it is so much easier than the fear of not being able to do it at least in my case yeah. right it's a, it's a process and you don't have to embark on the whole you know commit to the whole thing you just say right now in this time i'm going to take a break yeah. i'm gonna take a pause and see how you feel but you have to give your body time and here i go on a tangent again about how to stop drinking right well you know that's it's kind of like where I was going with this is we can say all these things and take the time and try and do what you can but there are some really there's some real hard truths to be had with this and that is um it is near impossible to do it on your own yeah um I feel very passionate about this um and I'm going to speak very openly about it. You cannot help your alcoholic spouse while you have a drink in your hand. And we, we have, uh, well, let's, can we rewind that your comment there? Alcoholic spouse, mm -hmm. that, that designation of alcoholic is something that we're comfortable. True. You're right. You're right. But I was not comfortable using that term until just, what, four months ago? Yeah. In November. So if that term gives you a stabbing pain of fear in your gut, don't – we're trying to use it um, cautiously, right? Yeah. So let's just say that your spouse wants to lose weight. And one of the things your spouse is doing to lose weight is to stop drinking. Okay. It's very, very difficult, even in those, even in that framework, to stop this habit by yourself. Yeah. Right? And it, that applies to chocolate cake, too. Yes. Right? Losing weight. You don't, you know, for me, sugar, right? Like, right. I don't bring cookies in the house for me. I mean, this is evident. Like, right? You see it. We're both more healthy eaters now than we ever were but you bring like some kind of snack food in this house and it's like a bear got into it like it is like a fucking cooler at a campground that's been left unattended it is like wrappers uh, all over it's it's pandemonium so it, it is it's that level of you know saying don't don't bring something in the house that's going to be tempting to the other person but in this in this case, what I'm trying to convey, and I appreciate you helping me um, with the verbiage because I do want to reach people. Right. You want to connect. And I want to connect. I mean, that is part of what I'm doing. And I am using like some really um, hard, hard truths and hard facts about our own journey and and journeys of others that we have been front row to. Yeah. You know, and we have friends who are a couple for longer than us who um, one of them had a well 
both of them have a problem with alcohol. And one of them was ready to admit they had a problem with alcohol and said, I, I need to change my relationship with alcohol. Right. And the other one said, okay, well, I still want to drink wine. And the other one who was quitting said, that's fine. Because she knew at that point they weren't willing to give up their wine right. to support their journey. Right. And the one who's not willing to give up the wine is totally blind to how they're showing up in the relationship. Because they're showing up drunk, whether they think they're drunk or not. Right. You know, they're showing up altered to a person who is desperately trying to save their own life. Literally, quite literally. Save their own life from literal, to use their word, suicide. You know, they were in a dark depression, a, somebody struggling with alcohol, and you've got to, you've got to open your eyes and open your heart in moments where you see people struggling. And with that, if you are in a relationship with someone who drinks and you see that they are struggling for their life, you have to be willing to go on that journey with them if you want to be with them. That brings up, you know, deeper, really deep issues of what does it mean to be someone's partner, their spouse? What does yeah. it mean to be in a relationship with someone you know, and concepts of maintaining your individuality, right? Mm -hmm. I am my own person. You are your own person. You do you. Yeah. Okay. That's good when it comes to tennis or art or hobbies. But when drinking is your hobby or drugs, any of these mind-altering substances that are so appealing and enticing and 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 commonplace in yeah. our so in our social interactions with each other right sure. emotional lubricants social right. lubricants you know alcohol is such a key ingredient in how a lot of s groups of friends interact yeah it's how we are able to be vulnerable Right. It, it occurred to me and we were going through some pictures of on our iPhones of on this date. Right. March 17th that in every year um, since I've owned an iPhone. So at least 10 years. Right. Of March 17th always involved alcohol. And in the photos where we're hugging each other, we're smooching, we're smiling and we're laughing and we are expressing our love and our connections to each other to our friends right mm -hmm. how often do you see those type of photos when people are stone cold sober mm. right mm -hmm. so you take away that social lubricant that substance that helps you connect to open up and how do you do it without that well if you're not doing it and the other people still are, you can't. Yeah. You can't. And so it's you know, one of the harder parts of, of choosing not to have alcohol in your life is that you realize you can't 
and don't want to be around the people who still have it in their life. Yeah. Because it creates such a divide. Yeah. And it's not, uh, I, it's interesting, so many of our friends who drink and that we drank with and love so much, um, they have said to us, multiple different friends have said, when you're ready to be around us, when you're strong enough to yeah. be around us, yeah, we miss you. We can't wait to have you back. Isn't it interesting, right? Because for the first several months of our sobriety, we were around the drinkers. Yeah. And if anything, in the early days, it would have been more tempting, right? Yeah. And so there's this misconception mm-hmm. that we don't want to be, we can't be around our drinking friends because the temptation is too great. Yeah. The temptation to drink is too great. And that is not the case. Yeah. At all. At all. It is people on mind-altering substances and people who aren't. Right? And yeah. And it's just not fun. It's just different. It's different. It's not fun. Yeah. You don't want to be part of that environment. Um, you don't want to be around that person as they become intoxicated. Not because you also want to be intoxicated, but because... It's not fun to be around people who are intoxicated when you are sober. So it's yet again flipped, right? Society flips it to say, you're the one with the problem. You should, you're the weak one. Yeah. You should remain anonymous and go to your meetings. Mm -hmm. And if you're strong enough, you can be around us. Yeah. Right. Because we're not going to change and don't ask us to. No, we don't have a problem just because you do, right? right? Even though we drank the same, we did the same things, right? You're the one with the problem. You're the weak one. And if you're strong enough to be around us, I would like to flip that script to say, how about you try to have the strength to spend a sober day with us? Yeah. Sign up to do something without alcohol. Mm-hmm. You can't? You don't have the strength to do that? To go for a bike ride or play tennis or go out to dinner, go see a concert? Sober. Sober. No alcohol. No alcohol. And pretty much no weed. No nothing. I mean, it is, um, it's. It's interesting the take that people have. I mean, and that that's been glaring. The uh, and I love how you articulate it, really, because you. you articulate it in such a beautiful way. And it it's true. Spend a day sober, which we have said. Um, come, come be with us. Yeah. Well, I know how you guys feel about drinking. Well. <clears throat> then come be with us sober but it's always no it's always no and i i know because i was that way i mean the fact is that when you love alcohol and i loved alcohol i mean i loved it i loved it it was it was you know what i thought was fun it was what you did it was my hobby it was the center of everything and when you love it and you're faced with a person 
an apostate, right, who's decided this is bullshit. I don't want to be around this. This is not what it promises to be. It is uh, the cause of the vast majority of the fights in my relationship, the fights with my friendships, the fights with my family. It is the cause of the vast majority of my health problems, my weight problems, my anxiety, and my depression. And that's a fact. That is a fact. There is no defense of alcohol when it comes to being a cause of aggression, violence, anxiety, depression, weight, blood pressure, digestive health, all of it, all of it. Sleep. Sleep. Disorders. All of it. And so you're, you're, you're stepping away from the lie. You're stepping in, you're shining a light on the reality of the situation and people, people don't want to face that. Yeah. And we, I mean, we wouldn't have, we didn't, I didn't want to face it. I, I did not want anything to do with it. I would have run from old me would have run from new me so quickly, but also I think that if old me had known how much better things were on this side, I would have quit sooner. I wouldn't have feared it. I would have more readily embraced it because Life is better sober. 100%. I challenge you to find anybody that tells you differently. It's it's a fact. And it's scary because it's unknown and because alcohol is so ingrained in our society. I had this thought the other day. um, How many people have you met that say something like, I don't drink water. <laughs> a lot, right? Like people, More than you realize, which is weird. Right? People will say this. I don't drink water. You know, I can't stand water. Water is gross. <laughs> I don't drink it. Uh, I'll drink tea or coffee or beer or whatever. But people that say, I just, I don't drink water. I know I'm supposed to drink eight glasses or whatever, but they Mm. just, I don't drink water. I know it, and I'm not even trying to change it about myself. I'm not a water drinker. Don't bother me. And people react to that, like, okay, yeah, I get it. Water sucks. But how many people do you meet that just say the same thing about alcohol? Yeah. What do you mean you don't drink alcohol? Oh, do you have a problem with it? Are you allergic to it? Oh, you're an alcoholic. Like, it's a completely different reaction. Right, right. There was something, I think you might have posted it, an alcohol apostator, or maybe the holistic psychologist said it, where it was like, alcohol is the last legal drug that we ask people when they are trying to refrain from it. Why are you doing this? Like, why? Why would you do this to yourself? Right. And it roots back to the very reason that we are doing Connection Granted is because we are all terrified to connect. Yeah. We're all terrified in life. We are all running from our feelings. Yes. We are all disconnected in so many ways. And we are searching for ways to connect without connecting. Right? Yeah. Like, so... So drinking is, as you said, a social lubricant, and it feels so good to be able to roll into somewhere and get that drink and then go, okay, now I can be me. 
now I can talk to somebody. Yeah. But God, it feels so different when you're not doing that and connecting. It's like, it seems so terrifying, but it's... What it's, do we do? What it's do you amazing. do? It's amazing. It's, it's like watching the sun. Like, it, it, it just... It's like, it's like um, if you've never ridden a motorcycle or ridden a moped or in a Jeep with the top down or in a convertible. It's like, it's like that versus being in a car. Yeah. It, it like, you feel alive in ways that are not explainable. And I keep trying to circle back to this and I don't know how to say it without being terrifying to people, but, um, being sober means things around you change. And it, yeah. and it is really hard, um, like friends that we have who come to us about sober, curious. And um, some friends have said, I'm going to do this, but I don't, I don't want you to talk about it. I don't want you to, um, I'm not telling anybody else right. but you. Or we've had friends that say, I don't know if I can do this if my husband doesn't do it or if right. my wife doesn't do it. Um, or, you know, I don't know if. I don't know how I could do this, if I could just put a week's timeline, a month's timeline, whatever. But we kind of talk about that and think, if you don't tell people you're doing it, then they don't know to help you with it. They don't know not to offer you the drink. But but the harsh reality, and and you're right, these, these truths are scary, and but they're truth. So... Yeah. We, we have to say it once the whole reason we are doing this podcast is to help other people and not scare you away but to feel better we all just want to feel better and part of the whole philosophy of connection granted and one of the things we wanted to talk about today even was that when you connect to people you do feel better when you can connect to or see your old best friend from high school yeah, that you haven't seen in five years, and even five years ago it was only an hour, right? When you pick up the phone and talk to a coworker that, you know, you, you think is probably just in the same frazzled state you are, but you have this amazing conversation, you feel better when you connect to each other. And it, it all goes together, right? And so back to the, the scary reality that you were just bringing up is that you can't do this alone. Yeah. You can't do it successfully with certain people. Mm -hmm. Some people don't want you to succeed. If your mission is to be free of alcohol, there are people in your life that do not want you to succeed that's an unfortunate truth right so not even that they know that they don't i don't think that they consciously know that but you know when you drinking buddies is a it's a relationship right mm -hmm. and part of what makes someone your friend is that you you have common hobbies you do certain things together and 
if drinking is one of the things that you do with your friend and you stop drinking, that's a major change. That represents a massive upheaval in the relationship. And the other person misses their drinking buddy, Mm -hmm. right? In order to continue to be friends with that person, you have to have enough commonality outside of the alcohol. And how many of us do, right? I think with time and distance and, and perspective, you can you will see, like I happen to believe, that the alcohol was the glue. The alcohol was the commonality. And when that's gone, so is the majority of the friendship. Yeah. And, and in this case, it's interesting because your drinking buddy, you're like ride or die for the past six years um is still your best friend yeah and she's sober yeah but there was a break i mean there was a a, she was she's she was part of the dear tito's when we get to that you know she's she's mentioned in there and she was um sister in arms you know of being in the church of alcohol and um everything kind of all came to a head for everybody at once in in that time period and everybody broke apart but she is sober and we're so proud of her yeah five months i love that anybody that sets out to stop drinking and and is able to maintain it and maintain it long enough to start to see the benefits right you have my full admiration and kudos to you right it is the best thing you will ever do um but for reasons that we've been outlining for the last you know however long we've been talking it's it's challenging yeah and it's challenging because of society because of who we're friends with right I never thought when I stopped drinking, I never anticipated how much it would affect my friendships. And again, not to scare away the sober curious to say, um, well, God, now I really don't want to quit drinking because I don't want to lose all my friends. Um, But we're saying it so that you can have a true look at things right you can see things with clear eyes I never thought that any of my former drinking buddies would be joining me on this side of it yeah especially the ones who have yeah you know yeah and the ones who haven't are actually the ones I thought would be around in a way some of them yeah you know um but it's kind of kind of interesting to see who emerged as saying I'm still here and I want to change and did one of the one of the social media accounts that I follow um, there's a post that comes up pretty frequently it says I recover out loud so that others may follow or Mm -hmm. something like that and that's my goal right I, I I've said it before and I'll say it again if 
you are my friend, <laughs> it's most likely because we drank very well together. And so the, these, this topic is so personal and there's so much shame and stigma around it. But there needn't be, right? I want to show others that it's possible that things get better and better than you can even imagine, right? But there are things that we've learned that can make things a bit easier, mm -hmm. right? Number one, if your expectations are set appropriately, yeah, you can maybe navigate some of the disappointments and some of the changes that will inevitably come from shifting dynamics in your relationships mm -hmm. right and to also show that if you have recovered or you're in recovery and maybe you keep it to yourself um, we want to encourage you to also shine your light yeah. and and recover out loud with us um, because you could help a friend and I don't think I have the words to explain How amazing it feels to inspire one other person yeah. to recover. It doesn't really matter if it's one person or a million people. One person. One person is enough. <laughs> one person is everything. Yeah. One person is enough because it's a ripple effect. Right. I hope, I hope, I hope the ripples um, continue to spread. But uh, yeah, it's it's everything. And when I stopped drinking, I just I wanted to keep my marriage, and I wanted to lose weight, and I've done both of those things. And now my now my my goal and my focus has shifted to I want to help others and I don't exactly know how to do it but this podcast is one and my, my Instagram memes memes I always get that word wrong is another um, and I just want to share what I learn right and I am educating myself through listening to other people who have written beautiful memoirs about their drinking and recovery. I just, the last time I was on the podcast, I talked about drinking a love story. That's right. And since then, I've <clears throat> actually listened and just finished another absolutely amazing book called Blackout by Sarah Heppola. And uh, life-changing, absolutely life-changing. And... Um, Highly, highly recommend it and I learned so much by listening to these other women's stories and how closely their lives and their stories mirrors my own right and from that I'm able to do more research and read medical studies and find out more facts and 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 share these through social media, through the podcast right. with other people. Because I feel like, you know, 
We love the Maya Angelou quote, right? When you know better, you do better. Yeah. Do the best that you can until you know better. And then when you know better, do better. And that's what recovery is, right? It's doing the best that you can until you know better. And when you know and when you can see and you can point to the real source of your anxiety and depression and health problems, um, you can do better. And we're here to say that it's, it's doable. It's possible. Okay. And we're back. Thank you, Aaron, for sharing some of your experience. You're very vulnerable. And I love that. I love how vulnerable you're being and who you are. And I appreciate you. Um, something we wanted to talk about also is connecting with old friends. We yeah. both <clears throat> recently connected with with friends who we've grown up with, almost kind oh, of. Oh, yeah. Oh well, you for sure, because you have Mary that you grew up with and just connected with her, which was so cool. I've had in this last month, I've had so many connections. Um, from my past that have just yeah. been so rewarding and fulfilling and um, just heartwarming and, and making me feel loved and making me feel good, right? Yeah. That's sort of the point is <clears throat> is we are encouraging um, people to connect yeah, uh, because we want people to feel better. Right? Yeah. We've all, gosh, the whole world is in is struggling right now. Um, turmoil. There's so much turmoil and things and energies are moving so quickly and there's so much bad that you can just be swallowed up by the bad. And so... Especially our, if you watch the news. Well, yeah, right. Our goal here is to give you a little tips to just <clears throat> feel better, right? And so we've harped on the, you'll feel better if you stop drinking, I swear. <laughs> because you will. But... Um, but also, here's other ways, right? Yeah. Connect with old friends. Connect with old friends. And one of the things that encouraged us and gave us sort of the science to of, of why that, that actually um, makes you feel better and, and understanding why people like people and why we consider people friends as we were listening to we can do hard things mm -hmm. right um, which we love we love that's our favorite pod we I'm, can do hard things glennon, just, sorry go ahead no you go ahead glennon abby and sister amanda yeah. yep <laughs> and the, obviously they're our inspiration for this podcast but they had on uh, a woman who had written a book called platonic and it was all about friendships and an understanding of friendships as relationships that mm -hmm. require time and attention and effort and have their own complexities and and the author of the book was on the podcast and encouraged in, in telling us as grown-ups how to make new friends yeah and why it's important and one of the things she said on the podcast was people appreciate old friends reaching out way more than you expect them to, right? We tend to get this idea in our mind 
that people are busy. They don't, I don't want to bother them. They don't want to deal with me. They would reach out to me if they wanted to talk to me. Exactly. So we just, we sit and we wait and we don't take that first step. We don't take that first initiative, especially if we're sober because, yeah, embarrassing, shy, ego. Right. And let's meet for a drink is off the table. So we we've sort of removed some of the easy, common ways to connect. Yeah, let's go have a cocktail. Right. We can say let's go have a coffee. Let's go have a tea. Right. So, in knowing that, in these studies, the actual scientific studies that have been done, um, that the vast majority of people, an overwhelming majority of people, report being thrilled to hear from someone that they were close with, that they may have lost touch with. Yeah. And I can report that as 100% accurate. I mean, I, if I, the times when I remember to check my Instagram DMs, which I have on notifications finally again, I was so pleased to hear from my old friend from high school. Yeah. That filled my heart in ways I can't even describe to have that connection. Um, one of my drinking buddies from my 20s. Um, we recently reconnected. I was on a car trip, and we talked for, I think, three hours, and yeah. it felt like three minutes. Right? Yeah. That felt... and, you, and you made a second date, a follow-up date yes. to talk again, yes. and you couldn't wait. Yes, and, and we're actually going to see her in a couple of weeks. But yeah. I, I'm tell- we're telling this to encourage you. Who's a friend that you miss talking to, that you miss in your life? That you want to have a conversation with. If it's me, call me. Um, but, you know, think, who are you thinking of? Who are you missing in your life that you think has too many kids or a jerk husband, is too busy, a bad job, blah, blah, blah. Or a jerk wife. Or a jerk wife, yeah. Sorry. We don't want to discriminate. You know me. Smash the patriarchy. But I encourage you, you know, be brave and reach out to that person. And connect. I guarantee they will be happy to hear from you. They, I guarantee it. Yeah. And it will fill your heart. And it will make you feel better. And it will make you feel more loved and more connected to the earth, to the planet, to society, to all, yeah. all of these things. Right. Doing this podcast was a way um, for me to not feel lonely. Right. When we yeah. first started, um, when I first started doing it, I thought my friend group feels slim yeah you know i feel lonely and i felt good i loved where my life was going and how things were evolving for me but i felt lonely and i thought if i feel lonely i bet everybody feels lonely i mean it's got to be like a universal thing and listening to podcasts and listening to others talk about the topic reaching out to people it did feel like people were so grateful. So when I started the first few episodes, I was shocked when people started reaching out right. to me. I mean, and it was the same message. Like, I heard your voice and I started crying. I yeah. heard your voice and I thought, there's my friend. Or, you know, just like uh, amazing things that made me like, you know, run into the other room and be like, Hey, listen to this, listen to this. Yeah. This is who I heard from. I hadn't talked to you in, you know, and it, um, and it just brings validity exactly to what you're saying. Like people 
this was me not reaching out people directly, but reaching out in um, in the masses and being vulnerable yeah. in, in a different way by saying, hi, it's me. And um, maybe you know me, maybe you don't. Here's my podcast. Here's my podcast. <laughs> this is my <laughs> professional out, yeah, my outlook. But <clears throat> it made a huge difference and it made me be able to connect with friends I hadn't connected with in years. Yeah. And... Um, it fills it you feels, up. I mean, I would, I would literally like fall asleep after I'd read one of the messages because I would have this like huge emotion. They'd write to me, and then I'd write back and be like, "Oh my god!" And we'd connect and talk, and like all these memories would flood in. And this one um, girl in particular, you know, she had when my dog died years ago. She drew me a portrait of my dog and sent yeah. it to me. And she said to me, and I, I said, I still have that. I have it on my shelf in my office. And she said, I still have your thank you card that you sent me. Oh. <clears throat> and I thought, I had no recollection of sending the thank you card. But it sounds like something I would do. And it made me feel yes. like proud of myself, right? I felt like, oh, thank God you did that. <laughs> and it just made me have a moment of feeling real gratitude it feels really 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 good and there's no cocktail in the world that'll make you feel as good as reconnect <coughs> reconnecting with an old friend so back to connecting with friends and the importance of it is also how to make new friends at our age right terrifying absolutely terrifying terrifying now and why it's so scary because it's rejection right yeah. i mean it's like it's platonic dating right yeah. you're putting yourself out there and one of the things we learned on that podcast uh, with uh, we can do hard <clears throat> things with the uh, platonic with the book platonic is that you know when you're a child you your friends are the people that you run into every day because you're in this very controlled environment in the classroom, on the playground, right? Mm -hmm. And you end up liking the people that you think like you. Yeah. And that's what we learned is that that is the criteria. People like you if they think that you like them, which seems crazy, but that makes sense to me, right? But even as adults, right? Like even, when you feel like people don't like you, you're like, I don't like them. Exactly. Or whatever. Exactly. You know, so and they probably do like you, but they also think that you don't like them back. <clears throat> so one of the people I'm great friends with now, like, is in my orbit all the time, I thought was a girl who didn't like me. Yeah. You know, and now I couldn't live without her. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's interesting. Yeah, it is. It's really interesting. So talking about making new friends. Now, back in the day... Our MO, and we were really good at this, mm. we were able to make new friends at bars. We picked up people, like people, like people mm. pick up people to sleep with. We found new great friends. Still, Connie Buchanan, I'm talking to you. I love her. <laughs> right. <laughs> love her. So, so we, you know, we were able to, to find our people in our tribe mm -hmm. at the place where we all did our favorite hobby. So mm. that was cool. So... Great. Now what, though? Right? Now yeah. how do you make friends? Yeah. You're not sitting at the bar full of all slathered up, right? 
all your vulnerability down yeah. and you're hugging everything out in the open hugging and smooching and i love you and here's my phone number mm -hmm. right so what do you do how do you meet new people you've got to now be be vulnerable and put yourself out there and lean in mm -hmm. and challenge your comfort zone and sign up for things you've <clears throat> right. got to sign up you've got to sign up and go and then once it. you get there you've got to you can't just stand in a corner you've you got can't. to approach people you've got to connect you know i go to this yoga class and i i kind of just go do my yoga and leave mm -hmm. natalie damn it really makes us engage yeah <laughs> you know so you you've got to change your patterns of behavior right yeah. not just from not drinking but now you've been not drinking and things are going well and now the loneliness loneliness kicks in because your entire social structure has been shaken up mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and these are the scary parts that you don't want to tell people because again like we keep saying we don't want to scare anybody away from sobriety yeah but, but there's a there's a pot of gold at the end there is like, a massive pot of gold <clears throat> that you you can't even imagine okay so tips for making new friends here's some one is when you're at an event and you are jiving with someone if that's a way to put it give them your phone number ask for their you know um, social media they give them the option to give you theirs or you give them yours um, they people do walk away from connections going I wish I had exchanged information with them yeah it happens all the time um, <clears throat> reach out if someone does give you their phone number and you want to connect with them don't talk yourself out of it don't let your ego come in and say no they they were probably just being nice those are all like tricks that our mind plays yeah if you are feeling a connection with someone they're feeling it too just like this is platonic dating most likely they are feeling it too yeah. you feel the energy you feel the vibe and and we, you can this this life is meant to be shared and lived with others i mean and if you know aaron and i personally like we are hermits big time but we go out and we socialize now in ways we did not before we push through <clears throat> we push through we okay this is something we just learned i just learned this from from my um health master person that i your guru my guru teresa countryman she said to me, are you exhausted or are you fatigued? If you're exhausted, then you should rest. If you're fatigued, then that is a moment you should never be resting in. If you're just fatigued by life, fatigued by your own whatever, your own roadblocks, like if you're just getting in your own way, push through it. And an, an example of that is, is there something that you signed up to do? like an event or a concert like or... going to the full moon <clears throat> yes. beach dancing ritual which terrified me for years you still try to get out of it every time i do <laughs> and you'll say like the last one i'm just gonna stay home i'm gonna take some time to myself and i said okay and you said oh you do you not want me to go and I'm like, well, no, but if you don't want to go, and I had to throw out, are you fatigued? Uh-huh, you used the fatigue thing on me, and it worked, and I went. Are you exhausted? Or do you just want time alone? Because if you want time alone, that's legit. 
Like, these are not easy questions to answer, by the way. Trying to decide whether you need alone time or you should push through. But when I have pushed through, and which is always, which is always, I've never regretted it, right? Never. And it's worth it. And it is a battle inside your own mind, Mm -hmm. right? Holy River. So we went and saw this. Yeah. We signed up to go see this this band. It's just a duo of husband and wife. <clears throat> and I'm and I'm sorry for my clearing of the throat. We have allergies so bad, pollen, red, red tide. tide. Um we signed up to see this band that is it called serendipitous? Like it just kept coming up and coming up and coming up for us to go see this band. And it was in a garden just down the street from us. And we were both like, I'm going to this. Can't wait to go. And I kept saying, Naren, I am going whether you go or not. She's like, I get it. Well, I was supposed to be out of town. You were. But then you came home and I said, I'm going to this show mm-hmm. tonight. So I hope you want to go with me. But if you don't, that's okay. I'm still going. Just to kind of like make my claim in the marriage of like, I will not be home tonight. I'm going to this event. I hope you come. But if you don't, I'm still going. And... By the end of the day, you know, the, the event starts at six. By that, by five o'clock, I was like, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm exhausted. And Aaron's like, are you exhausted? Are you fatigued? I was like, God damn it. <clears throat> so I was like, look, I'm going to go. But I'm saying out loud, I don't want to go. This show changed my life. It was so great. It was incredible. And, you know, our friends went with us and we met, we ended up sitting for 30 minutes with the singer of this band. Such a lovely, lovely human being that cares about the planet and is trying to actively save the planet, right? (laughs) Type of person that makes you question, well, what the heck am I doing? Yeah, I was like, every time I order something on Amazon, I'm going to feel guilty now. Not that she said anything of the kind, but it was just, it was like, she was the kind of person that makes you want to be a better person. Yeah. And... Had I not experienced this, I would have missed out on a couple things that were really important that night. Yeah. And connections that were really important. And um, and their music. So it's just, I'll, I'll have the link in the show notes, but Holy River. Amazing. They're on Spotify and just incredible. I think you'll like them. But, but the point <clears throat> is, right, that Anytime we have overridden the resistance, mm-hmm. the voice in our brain that says, oh, just stay on the couch, mm-hmm. just put something on Netflix, mm-hmm. just take a nap, have a glass of wine, whatever, right? When you can override, well, not for us, I'm <laughs> saying for other people. I was like, oh my God, St. Patty's Day's already gotten to her. No, I, but speaking to the people that yeah, haven't given it up right Mm -hmm. these are the things that suck you in to to keep you rooted in place to keep you from moving forward don't get rid of your couch or tv these are two massive things that can really suck your well wait for future us future us might be like burn your television who knows if i ever become that person i'm gonna be shocked you don't know i don't you don't know we're on you guys ever see that we're van life people call the police we're not (laughs) 
Well, you said not too long ago, you said, you know, what if we had to downsize? What if I didn't want to be a. I didn't a mean big into the anymore? minivan. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I'm but we're we're growing and we're mm-hmm. moving forward and we're changing and we're evolving and you know people can change and people can grow and growth is is trying and it it's at times painful but it is always 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 worth it it is always for the best mm-hmm. it is always you do not look back um, with with envy at your old life no you to be on a spiritual journey to be doing the work is difficult but it is the best thing you'll ever do and it is your responsibility right to yourself to your family to the world to do the work and if you're one of the lucky few that have been awakened to be on a spiritual journey, to be on a, a path of healing and growth and and all of the, the things that um, we're working on and experiencing and learning, you know, it's worth it. Yeah. And we talk about giving up alcohol, but really what's happened to us is that we've embarked on a spiritual journey yeah that would not have happened but for us getting sober right the two a lot of times go hand in hand and that's i think the message of aa is like find your higher power right um because there's no reason to do anything alone and whatever your higher power is to you is is what it is to you whatever you're called to do but i think the biggest message for us is as we evolve is to say, you know, what, like the, the last podcast we put out, what are you spreading? What are you doing with your life? What are you connecting to? And who are you connecting to? And are you where you want to be? Do you feel good? What does your body tell you? What does your mind tell you? What are your thoughts? And are you listening to them? And Are you journaling? Are you writing down the things that continue to come up for you? Because you're getting messages. Yeah. You know, and and you will find that what you are orbiting, what you are orbiting is orbiting you, right? Like what, what keeps coming up is what is the messages that are being told to you. And this comes into connecting with people. People have if people are coming into your path, they're con- they're needing to connect with you. You don't know what messages you're going to bring them that's going to help them and enlighten them and enlighten or lessen their load and bring joy to their life, bring a lesson to their life. And the same goes in reverse. Um, so with the connection granted, I just think that this continues to come up. These people that we meet and the messages that we hear and how important it is so you can meet new people you can connect with old friends these connections are all out there they're all available and ready to be had the message that we have for you is to have strength in yourself believe in yourself Um, you're stronger than you know 
And I can say that for a fact to everybody that is listening to this. You are stronger than you know. Um, What are we spreading, right? What is the whole point of this? And to me, what we're spreading is hope, right? Because things seem so bleak, right? The ice caps are melting and the country is divided and the world is divided and everything is, everything, everywhere, all at once is bad. Yeah. And we have to spread the hope. We have to encourage others to reach out and connect to each other and find new ways to feel better, right? Alcohol is not making anybody feel better in any way at all, ever. And you're not supposed to talk like that about alcohol, right? You're just not supposed to say these things. You're not supposed to speak ill of the divine entity alcohol. But that's the truth. Yeah. And in in regards to being connected and being separated and feeling like we're divided, um, you brought up something, a story, which I I want you to tell uh, when you're playing the sticks game on the beach of the Americans. Oh, so... um, I was, uh, so my friend from high school visited with her daughter, and uh, we spent a couple hours at the beach here where we live, and we have this game. It's called Wooden Throwing Game. And it's... (laughs) Very original. It's like 12 cylindrical sticks that you toss another cylindrical stick at, and you score points, and, and every time we've ever played this game up at the beach, people approach us and say, what is that? What's it called? Where'd you get it? And... And they get chatty. They, they get, get so, so chatty. chatty. And it's a door. It's great. They want to stand and watch. And now and they start how... adding up scores. Yes. And then they start, is that one good? And uh, people really engage. They walk away and then they come back with and want to know with more people. <laughs> and they want to know what the score is now and who won. And they... so it's really interesting um, that people are so curious that they want to want to engage about this. And, and I found it interesting that culturally, apparently in japan that would not have happened right because that's where your friends here visiting yes my friends are here visiting from japan and they said that in japan that would never happen because in japan people keep to themselves right and that we culturally americans um are actually really friendly and she said you i didn't realize i because on the news it's what you hear is americans hate each other yeah Americans are all fighting. Right. Americans cannot get along. Right. And she was like... That's not true. She said, I, I can't believe how friendly everyone is to each other. Yeah. So that was... That's that's like how I want to kind of wrap this episode and, and just have hanging out there as something to think about. Change your perspective. Yeah. Let's not assume everybody hates each other. Right? right? I mean, certainly when you get behind the wheel of a car, <laughs> different story, right? You're playing a stick game at the beach, people are friendly. You're just driving to Publix for some bread, and somebody almost rams you at the stop sign and then flips you off after they almost ram you. So different circumstances, different level of friendliness towards your fellow man. <laughs> but I think the overall message of, of today... Um, in addition to wine causes cancer, is change your perspective. Mm. 
change the lens in which you view um, old friends, yes, new friends, yourself, strangers. Change your view. Other cultures. Other cultures, mm -hmm. right? Change your perspective from one of negativity and being in the resistance to one of optimism, dare I say? Dare. <laughs> I'm not, right? Uh, that's not a word that comes out of your mouth well, readily. Well, I'm a pragmatist, you. which can often sound like pessimism, mm -hmm. but it's really just pragmatism. Married to an idealist. Married to an idealist. And which you sometimes can meet in the middle. Sometimes. For beauty. And you're always shocked when it does. But <laughs> the overall message is if your thoughts are positive and leaning in and searching for connection, you are spreading a different energy. You are, you are shining a light and that light can reach other people. And it is not insignificant, right? Right. So... Send a text message um, to somebody that you've been missing. Send an email, if anybody reads those anymore. Um, DM, whatever. N chat up the clerk at the grocery store. Ask them how their day is. Make eye contact. These things can have a profound impact and hopefully the ripple effect has a profound impact on on the world and slowly but steadily we will increase the number of people that are awakening mm -hmm. and joining us on this spiritual journey to connect and heal and feel better and do better and mend some of these the pain in this world and it can be as simple as changing your attitude and having hope. Which doesn't seem simple, but it, it is. Just make it so. Well, some days it's easier than others, right? <coughs> and that's another yeah. thing to remember is, you know, we call them riptides where you can, you can have a day, right? Kelly and I, today, we're all, yeah, it's great <laughs> and everything's wonderful and call an old friend and then... There are days where we're caught in a riptide where everything seems terrible and it seems impossible that it will feel better and things just seem so bleak and you don't even know where to start and and any change seems so monu monumental that it's impossible. Yeah, we're also very dramatic at times. Yeah, we're extremely dramatic we... and extremely sensitive. <laughs> but these are our issues that we know about and we try to keep them on the the burner keep our eyeball on them <laughs> <laughs> self-awareness is extremely important part of that is just knowing that it passes right yeah. you will not feel that way forever and if you have a bad day just feel it because the suppressing of it right yeah causes so much more angst Yes, it amplifies it, and it it makes it linger, right? It keeps it around longer. Well, in, in the very sense, it creates a riptide of more bad things, right? Because we're also we're also in a culture that is like 
be happy. Wake up and write down three things you're happy about. And what are you happy for? And what are you, <laughs> you know, everything is yeah. happy, happy, happy. And it, happiness is one emotion. Out of a lot. Out of a lot. And it's a it's What's one. What's the show Inside Out? Right? Oh, oh the that movie, yeah. Oh, God, if you haven't seen Inside Out, it's a Pixar film. It's so good. It's about emotions. And it's it's words that are words to live by. You know, it's it's a great one. It's amazing. Pixar does a great job at capturing emotions, like turning red, too, about puberty, you know, and your emotions. But but happiness yeah. is one emotion, and we all are like, are you not happy? Are you happy? Are you not happy anymore? Well, if you're not happy, we better fix that. Yeah. Here, here's some poison that'll make you feel happy temporarily <laughs> yeah. until it makes you angry, and then tomorrow it's going to make you feel like shit. So um, Elizabeth Gilbert wrote a book called Commitment or Committed or th- Commitment or Committed. Sorry, Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, for the if you're listening, if, which you, obviously I she think is. she goes by Liz. Liz. Um, so when she talks about being happy and she talks about um, doing this study on husbands and she goes to this one village and she says, is your husband good? Are you happy? And the women are all looking at each other like, what What do you mean is my husband good? Like, good, husbands aren't anything. Like, they're just like a thing. Like, trying to define good, it just makes me think of the happy thing. Like, w- culturally, we get really caught up in, in definitions of how things should be. Do you have a good husband? Do you have a good spouse? Are you happy? Do you have a happy life? Like, Yes, I'm happy. Ma- my sports team won their game yesterday. Something stupid yeah, like that. Because if they didn't, everybody else in the house would be very unhappy. Yeah. Because they'd be living with someone who was stomping around and, you know, being an, being unhappy because their sports team lost. So happiness is, is just one of so many different emotions that you are supposed to feel. There are anger is okay. Sadness is okay. Melancholy is okay. You know, just being... My grandma used to call it blase, blase, like just, just being, you don't have to be overjoyed. Yeah. Joy and happiness are, are a set of emotions that we experience throughout the day. But to experience more joy and more happiness. Get reach sober. <laughs> well, that, reach out, connect. Yeah, connect. It, it, it really, I don't know why. It's so surprising, but I'm, I've surprised myself so much. I mean, just this week alone, like I mentioned earlier, mm. talking to a coworker and realizing that he and I have having like almost nothing else in common are experiencing the same levels of sadness and frustration at the state of the world and it, and how it's leaching into our, the business environment, right? Mm. And just that conversation of commiserating, yeah, right. And being, uh, quite frankly, being honest. Being honest, because you could just be like, "It's fine, everything's fine. Go ahead. How can I help you today?" Exactly. But I said, "This is how I'm feeling," and that's how he was feeling. And yeah. so we both felt better after that call. And it didn't have to be a call. It could have been an email. It right. could have been an email. and some... If you really want to get things misconstrued. Oh, yeah. 
email yeah. about emailing it. is not really connecting no just kidding it, it, it is but you know think about that the next time you're having a bad day at work and feeling like nobody cares i'm the only one nobody gives a shit about me this work is pointless everything's pointless i'm underappreciated overworked think about it maybe give somebody a call and say how are you yeah how's your workload how's your day yeah how are you feeling because this is how i feel and it could do you both it's just a little a little lift mm -hmm. a little tiny puff of helium you're not alone in your spirits right yeah. the other person will appreciate it and if they don't don't call them next time. Call somebody else. Fuck cross them. them off. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Cross those fuckers off the list. Because um, that still happens, right? There are some people that are so deeply disconnected that there seems like there's no reaching them, right? Yeah. Some people are so... You already know who those people are before you call I them. I call those people non-playable characters, mm -hmm. right? In, in video games, there's this thing called a non-playable character, and they just exist in the game and repeat pre-programmed lines right there's a movie about this with ryan reynolds called yeah. uh mm -hmm. i can't remember but it's really good and it's about awakening um from being a non-playable character to being conscious of your own free will and your own ability to to change your circumstances and connect and live life on your own own way right and write your mm -hmm. own script well, Aaron Rinner, yes, at alcohol underscore apostate, yes, we love having you as a co-host now. I love being a co-host, even I... if my work schedule sometimes <laughs> delays production of the podcast. Yes, how dare your real job interfere with our message to the world? I well, I'll try to limit that and and be a better podcaster. When, when you're not doing webinars for huge multi-billion dollar companies, you're on our little podcast. I love it. <laughs> well, if one person got one thing out of today's podcast, it is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. So all of what we talked about today and any reference points will be in the show notes, like the book Platonic, the band Holy River how to um, find the links about alcohol and being a carcinogen, emails to reach us and ways to connect also to Aaron's Instagram page and to Connection Granted Facebook or Instagram as well. And please rate and like the episode. Please, yes, follow and subscribe if you can on iTunes and or Spotify, it helps us. Um, it helps us know you're listening. And then you get to also be notified when there's new episode from us. Yes. Thank you, connectors. We appreciate you. And we believe in you. And if you don't have anybody to call or write to write to us. And happy St. Patty's Day. And don't forget that tea is also green. That's right. <laughs> All right, connectors. Thank you.